Blog Talk Radio. Hello, this is Rich Lee from St. Bonaventure University, and welcome to Tap Into Greater Olean's weekly podcast. Um, on today's show, I'm happy to be joined by two of our student journalists, Mike DeSanto, who's going to speak with us about the 9-11 commemorative events going on in the area, and Mackenzie Watson, who um, recently did a story about a new children's book, and we're also fortunate to have the author of that book, Heather Lynn Harris, with us. But I'm um, going to start off the show with Mike, because even though Sunday is 9-11, some of the events events are starting right away. Um, in fact, Mike, there's one starting uh, just a little later this morning on the campus here at St. Bonaventure University. So uh, can you tell us the details of, of what's going on at St. Bonaventure this morning, Mike? Uh, yeah, so at about 11.30 this morning, so in about an hour and a half, um, St. Bonaventure Father Francis Despino is going to preside over um, a ceremony out in front of the Swan Business Center, or if it rains, which it looks like it might, um, it will be in the University Chapel, sort of honoring ROTC will be there and honoring the uh, 15th anniversary of September 11th at the memorial we have out in front of Swan. Okay, yeah, it's um, it's always a very nice event. Um, I mean, as nice an event, as an event can be commemorating such a horrific day, um, and hopefully the rain will hold off so that can, can happen. And I know you've been calling around and speaking with people in the area, and there's, um, you know, at least one event, maybe more, going on in the city of Olean. You know, what, what, is, um, planned, what does the city have planned to commemorate 9-11 or the 15th anniversary? So unlike the one that's on St. Bonaventure, which is today, um, the Olean events will be on September 11th, Good uh, oh, Times of Olean. Um, just down the street from here, um, there will be, at 10 in the morning, there will be a blood drive for the American Red Cross that they will be running, and then a dice run, which, if people don't know what a dice run is, uh, it's sort of, it's like a gambling thing, but it's not. It's There are different checkpoints set up, and participants travel, whether it be on a bike or in a car or whatever, around to these different checkpoints, and they have to roll dice when they get to each one, and there's a set time limit for them to keep going around. And so when the time limit's up, uh, the winner is the one who has the most total from their dice rolls. And then after that, at uh, 6 p.m. at the American Legion at 307 East State Street uh, in Olean, there's going to be a ceremony uh, commemorating the 15th anniversary. Okay, yeah, it's certainly a real variety of events. And thanks for um, explaining what a dice run is. I know we were having a conversation about that the other day, like, you know, it was a term we had seen, but um, a number mm-hmm. of us weren't familiar with exactly what it was. Um, I also noticed in, in reading your story, and, you know, you know, Mike's story is, you know, posted, you know, this morning on our uh, Tap Into Greater Olean website, if anybody wants to take a look and get more <laughs> details. But uh, you did have a conversation with Olean Mayor Aiello, and, you know, he had some personal recollections of, um, what it was like 15 years ago. He was um, working for the city at the time, if I recall correctly. Yeah, at the time he was a juvenile officer for the city of Olean Police Department. So on that particular day, he was in his office, which according to him was right across from the training room. So all of the training officers and the new officers that were in that room were all glued to a TV in there, and he walked over, and that's while he was at work, that's where he watched, you know, he said that that's where he first saw that the uh, the first plane hit. And then as he kept watching, he said he was glued to the TV because just to see what was going on because it was something very new for our country. And that's where he saw the second plane hit and all of, and the collapse and all that. And then he went home later that night and 
followed the new information that was coming out later that night on what exactly had happened while he was at home. And it was, according to him, a very emotional time for him and everybody for the country because, as he described it, um, it was the first time we had seen our country become vulnerable. I mean, we were supposed to be this superpower that could never be touched, and, you know, we had the greatest military in the world, and to have that happen on our own soil um, was a very historic event, in his words, and, and a very emotional time. Yeah, I think his um, experiences, like, you know, you know, most of us who lived through 9-11, whether we were in the New York area or anywhere in the country, I think everybody has vivid memories of that day that, you know, you know, are really going to be, you know, etched in their mind, you know, forever. So uh, before we close, I, I know Olean is obviously the, the biggest, you know, city that we cover, but, um, you know, I, I know you spent some time calling around, searching on websites and talking to different people about um, other events happening, uh, maybe not in the city of Olean, but in, in the region. Can you just touch on a few of the, the other events that are taking place this weekend? Yeah, three events in particular when I was calling around, like you said, uh, came up. The first one being the town of Hinsdale, their American Legion, uh, is having a prisoner of war POW dinner in honor of, you know, anybody that's missing in action or were prisoners of war um, at 6.30 on September 16th. And part of that, there's a presentation from the commander, and part of that is uh, a commemoration. Part of the dinner that night will be a commemoration of the event um, as a part of, you know, because, you know, there aren't all the remains of all the missing people have not been identified yet still to this day, 15 years later. Um, another event is that the uh, Cuba Fire Department is heading east. I wasn't able to get a specific location as to where this is being held, but uh, they're having a walk and a stair climb in honor of the event, sort of uh, to commemorate the uh, firefighters that were lost. Uh, trying to evacuate people from the towers before they collapse. And one final one is that our local chapter of the Daughters of the American Revolution are having their next meeting on September 11th, and part of that will be uh, a Cattaraugus County Administrator, Jack Searless, uh, chronicling his first-hand experiences while he was in Manhattan uh, on that day because he was in Manhattan to meet with some uh, to meet with some colleagues um, in New York that day. And so he was there when the towers fell and he was there during all of this. So at their next meeting, he'll be talking about that. Okay. Well, Mike, I appreciate you gathering all that information and sharing it with us. I just have um, one more question before we switch to our, mm -hmm. our next topic. And that is, I know you touched on this a bit when you were speaking about the, the mayor and his recollections of 9-11, but just in speaking with the people who were involved in these events and planning them, like what t sort of tone, what emotions do they have, you know, 15 years later when, when you speak with them about 9-11? Well, two people in particular that I spoke with stood out. First was the mayor when he was telling me about, his recollection of his first-hand experiences on the day and being a police officer here. Um, it, it, it seemed to me that his tone of voice was very, I don't want to say hesitating, but you could tell that there was still a lot of emotion behind thinking back to those events and sort of watching everything unfold. And so as we spoke, he was very careful to pick and choose the exact words he wanted to use to get his message across. The other person I spoke with was Dorsey Moore, who uh, is a former commander and still a member at the uh, Hinsdale American Legion. When I was speaking with him about the POW dinner, he seemed to have a lot of energy and excitement of being able to help 
provide the, the message of how many people exactly are missing in action or were prisoners of war, both from past wars and from September the September 11th attacks. And he seems very excited to be able to bring that kind of the information and the stories to a younger generation that maybe doesn't know about everything and didn't experience any much of it firsthand. So they're not aware of the actual statistics. And, and okay, great. Well, Mike DeSanto, um, again, you know, thank you for um, sharing all this information, you know, with us. Um, 9/11 certainly a time when we think about loss, but it's, it's also, um, you know, in some ways um, we we think about hope, a uh, spirit. Uh, I'm always reminded of the great Bruce Springsteen album, The Rising, where he he kind of tried to, you know, touch on the strength of America and people's spirits, how we kind of, you know, recover and evolve from um, a loss. And in some ways, that you know moves into our next topic, which is um, a book that um, was written by a professor here at St. Bonaventure, Heather Lynn Harris, um, about um, loss on a different scale. Um, but I'm, I'm joined by um, by Heather and uh, Mackenzie Watson, who, who wrote the story on Heather. Um, Heather, thank you for taking time for um, joining with us this morning. Thank you for inviting me to your program. I'm very honored to be here. Okay, well, we're happy to have you, and Mackenzie, um, I think we all agreed, did a, a wonderful job kind of capturing the spirit of the book. So, you know, rather than me, you know, okay. try to recapture some of that, uh, Mackenzie, I'm going to turn the questioning over to you for the next few minutes, and, and maybe you can speak with Professor Harris um, about the book and share some of the details with our audience. Okay. Um, hi, Professor Harris. Hello. Um, so why don't we start off? I think it's a like a great story. So um, what inspired you to write the book? Uh, well, I was inspired through life events in my own family. Uh, we lost my 24-year-old niece, and it was completely unexpected. Uh, and as our family was gathering and comforting each other in our grief, um, I was noticing that the littlest ones in our family, the ones that were two, three, four years old, were really having a hard time understanding what was going on and why we were so sad and, and where was Aunt Nicole? Why wasn't she here at this gathering? And, and so I was really inspired to, to try and find a way to give to my family something that I thought would help include the littlest ones as well as the adults in a, a kind of a healing way. Yeah, it definitely has a very nice therapeutic nature to it. Um, why don't you give us a little bit of a recap on what the book is about? Sure, sure. So the story is set um, with Clover, who's a little rabbit, and he's out at night. He looks up at the big, beautiful sky, and he sees a shooting star go by. And he is so touched by the shooting star that he runs to his other woodland friends to see if they had seen it as well. And as he comes across each woodland friend, he is disappointed because they had not seen it. A mole was deep in his hole in the ground, and he missed it. And raccoon was uh, busy with his head stuck in a tree searching for food, and he missed it. And um, possum was busy with her babies, and so she wasn't looking up, and she missed it. And Clover becomes very sad, thinking that this, this beautiful star, and no one had seen it. And as he begins to cry... Wise old owl points out to him that actually the star had been seen by others. It was the fireflies of the woods, and they were continuing to carry on the light of the star in their glow so that the star would never be forgotten. And so in this case, the star is the person that we 
lose and, and that they are carried on through everyone else, through others in our lives. Yeah, it's a beautiful storyline. Um, can you explain the process of writing and um, illustrating the book? Oh, sure. Um, I have been studying illustration for quite some time now. It's always been a passion of mine, illustration and storytelling, and, and I like to work that in wherever I can and in whatever I'm doing. Um, and so this particular project took a little bit of an unconventional pro- approach in that I didn't do the um, the traditional uh, way that you might approach a storybook, fully working out each and every page and uh, the details of the illustrations. Um, instead, I wanted it to feel very fresh, very free, um, very spontaneous. And so I worked out a storyboard, and then I went to Hyatt's, the local art supply store, and I bought a board book. They have blank board books there. And then I just painted directly into the board book. Um, after I painted it, I thought, oh, how do I typeset it? And so I decided I would use collage, a, you know, a very um, often used artist technique. And I, I used collage. I typeset everything on my computer, printed it out, and collaged the words right directly onto the, to the picture. So it does feel very um, fresh and, I would say, you know, handmade and from the heart. Definitely. Um, And you're about to get your MFA uh, specializing in picture book illustration. So what can you say to anyone who is interested in the visual arts and storytelling? Uh, I think um, that's a wonderful question. The visual arts, I think, are an amazing avenue to go down. I am so glad that I decided to study the visual arts because everything that I see in our culture is being driven by visual arts and by the story, uh, either behind the arts or the story behind whatever the art is portraying. Um, Our digital world is all about storytelling and is definitely visual. So I think it's a wonderful avenue, and I I think it's, um, you know, a lot of people might think to themselves, oh, I'm not artistic or I can't draw a straight line. And and I would say that's that's probably a little bit of an old wives' tale because the the visual arts are are actually accessible to everyone and include as much left-brain thinking, the analytical type, as the right-brain thinking, the creative type. So I highly encourage people to go after it if they have an interest in it. Yeah, and um, like you said, communicating visually is very powerful. So Mm -hmm. um, A picture does tell a thousand words. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I guess to kind of close, uh, can you give us, again, the name of the book and where, how people can buy it, as well as the details of Sunday's book release event? Sure. Uh, the name of the book is called Clover and the Shooting Star. Um, and if people are interested in a copy of it, they can access it on the website, www.cloverandtheshootingstar.com, all one word. Um, or if they would like to attend the book launch that is happening this Sunday, which is 9-11, as we discussed, and it also happens to be Grandparents' Day. I don't know if people are aware of that as well. Um, it's happening this Sunday at Chestnut Ridge Park in Orchard Park, New York, from 2 to 4 in the afternoon. And I will have books there. I will be signing the books. And then I will also have lots of kid activities for my audience, which I expect there to be a lot of uh, small children attending in addition to grandparents and parents. 
Okay, great. Um, thank you, Heather, and um, thank you, Mackenzie. Um, Mackenzie, I actually have a question for you, which is um, this is one of the – when we started our course, we, you know, listed a whole bunch of story ideas, you know, for the students, and this was one which you jumped on right away. I'm, I'm just curious as to, you know, what attracted you to, to do this one particular story. Well, I chose to do this story because I grew up reading and loving books, and uh, my mom always used to read to me before bed, and so I have really great memories from this. And um, and this book is like Heather described. It's a, it's a nighttime book that's perfect for reading before bed. And, um, I mean, I'm also generally interested in, like, the publishing process, and even, like, a few years ago I was able to get an inside look into Scholastic uh, publishing in New York City, and that was really cool to me. So I think in the future, I think it would be awesome to somehow work with children's books. Okay, that's great. Uh, it was a really good fit for you then. So uh, Mackenzie Watson, thank you for joining us. Heather Lynn Harris, thanks, and best of luck with the book launch and with the book itself. And um, you know, Mike DeSanto as well for his um, you know information he provided about the 9-11 events going on in the greater Olean area. You've been listening to a um, Tap into Greater Olean podcast. Um, thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll be back again next week at 10 a.m. My name is Rich Lee. Thank you, and we'll see you next time.